0: Welcome to The Grow Zone Real Time Adventures.
1: With Sarah Hoopner, the communications adventurer, and Kerry Temple, the outdoor adventurer.
0: Hello, and welcome to The Grow Zone Real Time Adventures. I am Sarah Hoopner, the communications adventurer, and Kerry Temple is the outdoors adventurer. Hello, Kerry.
1: Hello, and in today's episode of podcast, we are going to be talking about the topic of physicality. Um, Sarah, you picked this topic, so can you explain what, what we mean by physicality? Well, physicality can
0: be so much, yet it's basically our body However, the question of where our body begins and where it ends, I don't think is as easy because our mind and our bodies are so well connected. And coming from theatre, the physicality is so important. If we didn't use our bodies, then we would maybe be creating audio plays and people come and go to the theatre to see something physical.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Can you give me an example of how... Yeah, of what physicality means for you in theatre? It's text. I remember actually my first
0: lecture at university when I was studying theatre. It was called What is Text on Stage? And everything is text. So by you going on stage, you're already text, like you're communicating something by just being on stage. You can have somebody standing on stage and there's already communication happening. Something is being signaled. You cannot be on stage and not communicate something through your presence through your physical being so that is one essential part of it and then there's so many ways that physicality informs us and like the reason i don't think it's as clear as it's just the body because our vocal cords for example or Quite physical, and we produce voice with that. So that's an extension of our bodies. And it's also physical, how we speak. And then how we speak and how we move our bodies influences our minds. So I think they're just so closely connected. What about you, Kerry? How do you think on this topic, what comes to your mind when you hear physicality?
1: Well, it's interesting. Um, I think there's so much obviously that is going from your point on physicality and the, and communication that so much of communication is physical and I'm not sure of the exact statistic but I think it's something like like 90% of communication is your body language and 10% are your words which is how we can always communicate somehow um, what we want even when we don't necessarily know the language. But also, and then that connection to the mind. So you've got the level of of communication, but also um, the connection with your physicality to your emotions and emotional well being, and how you can actually, yeah, shake things up and play things around and shift your mood through movement, um, as well as shifting communication. You can um, also shift how you learn things and how your brain works through. Um, yeah through physical movement so I think it's yeah it's an interesting it's an interesting topic and I imagine we're going to have um yeah more to (laughs) discuss on on these levels um yeah your example there of someone just standing on a stage and coming out on a stage I think is a is a really important point that how much just having a a, the presence is something that also is I know an awareness. And maybe as us as humans, we're trained through our skills and our survival skills to understand what physical presence means. And you probably know in everyday circumstances how what you're comfortable with is just the distances that you are I'm close to people and I feel like that is really interesting especially at the moment in terms of having to keep social distances with people is how aware we are of how close and how far we are from people at the moment so I actually think this is quite an interesting topic now that we're starting to talk about it (laughs) (laughs) well well, I'm glad it's opening up uh, your interest
0: (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Within what you just said, there's so many different aspects that we can dive into a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, if we just take COVID 19 and the physical distance that we should be keeping from one another, and then taking that further, how so many things have gone online, and what is the difference between having, for example, a Zoom conference where people are not physically present um, in the same room and where you just see them and some things that I enjoy is for example I can eat as much garlic as I want
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> it won't translate into the zoom world <laughs> so that is there's that but there's like, that leads us to the senses like how, our physicality also means like seeing, smelling, touching, and um hearing. Is that physical? Yeah, it's a physical thing and, and it changes also through the digital world. And we we can control it, probably to a certain extent a bit more in the digital world because we can decide whether we want the presence of somebody there or not. However, you cannot still you cannot touch somebody, you can't Feel the warmth of their their bodies, even if you're not that close, you can still feel the physical presence. And then you also mentioned physicality and how it influences your emotions. And I would go even further, and it, your physicality influences how you see the world. In theater, we do a lot of activities. You change your body posture in order to experience the world in a different way. If you can try it. Now, by letting your shoulders hang down, what happens to your eyes and your head? They automatically look down. And whereas if you sort of put your shoulders back, and uh still more natural, your head is up and you have a different view of the world. So how does your posture and your physicality change how you see the world? Or well, I'm quite tall, one meter seventy-seven. So I know I see different things than somebody who's a bit shorter than me, or children, they have a different view of the world. Um, so that the physicality influences how we see the world.
1: Yeah yeah no, I can see I can see that that's a, yeah, I've not thought about that that people see things in that respect from different perspectives, um depending on how tall cool you are that is quite interesting, but I think it's also interesting how we interpret different people's body language through yeah through that and how much we read through that. I remember having one guest who was on a trip, and she she basically very early on said to us, oh by the way just the way I look sometimes people often think that I look really angry and upset just so you know I'm not that's just the way I look (laughs) and I thought that was a really interesting message and awareness that she she kind of had that that kind of physical presence somehow and couldn't I I don't know whether she tried to change it or whatever, but warned us all that actually she was quite happy. She just um, and yeah, fair enough. She did look like that like some of the time, <laughs> but actually I didn't think she looked too miserable. <laughs> it was an interesting awareness that she thought she that was felt how she felt she looked.
0: Yeah, I remember becoming really aware of that um, when a friend of mine had a baby, and I saw the. Baby at a couple of months old, or, and it was, she was a girl, a baby that didn't like to smile a lot. She was not the, the most smiley kid. So, my response to her was also like, oh, I, um, If the kid isn't smiling because we always mirror people. And I thought, wait, she's getting a completely different response from people because she's not smiling compared to those kids that are always smiling. And then that's mirrored back right away. So yeah. like, right from very early on of physicality and mm-hmm. the movements that we develop with that shape who we are and how the, res- uh, the world responds to us.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I think the way we, I like lifestyles with being much more sedentary and sitting um, at your computer as well is also a point where you end up in those postures that aren't helpful for you. And I can always know when I've sat too long at my desk because I kind of feel like I'm gradually closing in. (laughs) And i 'd be fully in a workflow and fully enjoying what i 'm doing but i 've I feel like i 've been swallowed into a tunnel at some point, and I reach a particular point where obviously I realize that i 'm not productive at that point, but it takes me a while to realize that and i realize ah oh, i 'm not productive at this point although i 've enjoyed what i 'm doing and that 's when i 'm you know i've 've reached a block that 's something i 've noticed physically from head to toe so it 's not just my mind that 's blocked my, my whole body feels blocked and I know I've got to do something about this (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's something that we also use
0: in improv uh, when you're doing a scene and then sometimes you can feel stuck the way to get unstuck look at your scene partner make Mm -hmm. eye contact uh, because that already will help you to get unstuck and then move because you're if you're stuck with your mind then your body is probably somehow stuck and you can unstuck yourself Mm -hmm. or unstick yourself by movements.
1: Yeah. Well, have you got an example of some movements?
0: Anything. (laughs) Breathing. (laughs) Taking a deep breath is a huge thing. It may not be a huge action that is seen, but once you start breathing then also like your scene partner will probably mm-hmm. respond in a way and breathe with you and mm-hmm. the audience also will respond to that because they can feel you relax and then take a step or add a movement grab something out of the air and then define it and improv a lot of things are possible but moving and uh, will help and often our bodies know sooner than we do what we want to do mm-hmm. so shutting up with the talk (laughs) and the head, so um, moving, letting your body do the movement, and that'll get you right on track. And scenes are often more interesting to watch and to play that are inspired by a physicality rather than a heady concept. So we can do a quick example Mm -hmm. if you want. It's not a scene, so don't worry, but (laughs) (laughs) how you can find inspiration through physicality. It's a theatre activity, Mm so if you could just sort of, you're sitting, but just sort of move your upper body, you can actually stand up and sort of dance and create facial expressions. And when I say stop, you freeze. So freeze! All right, I'll just describe what, Fre- what Carrie's looking like right now. She's got her hands just above her shoulders. Her the mouth is wide open. It's not necessarily a laugh. We can see her teeth and her eyes are looking a bit up. So let's find out who she is and where she is right now. Hello, um, <laughs> who are you?
1: <laughs> I am Mrs. Smith.
0: And where are you, Mrs.
1: Smith? I'm in the park. What are you doing? Well, I just let my child climb up that tree, and now he's really, really, really high up, and I'm not really quite sure how he's going to get back down. And he's, yeah, he keeps keeps climbing, so I'm a bit scared. What's your now,
0: relationship to that child?
1: Well, um, it's my grandson, and are you close? Yes, yeah, I take him to the park quite often, and I have quite a bit of responsibility. I like taking responsibility for him, but I mean, as a as a grandmother, it's all great because I can hand him back. But I, I need to be able to hand him back in one piece. Otherwise, oh my goodness, I, like you know, my daughter will really be pretty upset. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so yeah. do you have
0: a good relationship with your daughter?
1: Um, yeah, most of the time, most of the time, but she always tells me off for being the risk taking grandma. Yeah.
0: Oh, so you're a bit adventurous. <laughs>
1: yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe a bit too <laughs> adventurous. Maybe a bit too. Yeah, laissez-faire with my grandchild because I think he should learn. Yeah. But, so um, maybe you've got yeah. an adventurous yeah. solution
0: of getting him down from the tree.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I guess I. I mean, it's been a while since I've climbed, but I could. Um, I could try and get up there, but it looks a bit high. I might try and find a rope. I think I've got one of them in my handbag. So yeah. Well, good luck. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Kerry, have you ever improvised something like this before? No, I haven't, which you might be able to tell.
0: <laughs> not at all, not at all. <laughs> I just want to let um, the listeners know that this is the first time you've done that yeah. and we haven't practiced it.
1: <laughs> How was it? Yeah. Um, I, I Surprisingly natural. I'd kind of pulled in a few elements of things in, in life that come through so I guess I played around a bit with kids climbing trees in the forest all the time but yeah not not I don't normally stand there looking like that. <laughs> yeah that's and it doesn't matter in theater yeah. it's fine yeah. it, the posture
0: informed yeah. right away yeah. what you were doing yeah. you it didn't seem like you were
1: thinking for a long time how long did it take you to have an image i think it was as soon as you noticed that i was looking up uh-huh. I thought, what I am I looking up at? And then I thought about the last time I was looking up at something and it was looking at a, one of the kids climbing the trees mm. in the trees the other day.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 And improv wise, that's a mm. really nice little scene to start off with because we've got something to do now. There's action involved, there's just your physicality informs a lot more. And you already know a lot more about yourself because you're in a posture rather than having to think about who you are. I had a feeling you discovered.
1: Yeah, and I have to say what I discovered was through my facial expression, I just got the emotion. Uh huh. Yes, yeah, the emotion came to me that I was panicked. Yeah, was, and that's a difference yeah. between making it up—the mm-hmm. discovery of a scene, the discovery of a
0: character—and you surprise yourself because if I'd asked you to sit down and write down and give you some time to do it, you probably would have come up with something else, maybe something also very interesting. Yeah, this is a different process. It's very yeah. there. It's you. You work with what you've got in the moment, and it can inspire you. Yeah. right away. So yeah, that yeah, was an
1: interesting. It was an interesting and experience but fun (laughs) (laughs) so
0: how does physicality play a part when you're out there with people and because we spoke about different kinds of physicalities and
1: obviously people have got different bodies yeah I think a lot of what I do is obviously movement outside movement in nature one example that I can think of is obviously about how the positive impact of movement on our emotions. And for example, every month I go hiking with a wonderful group of women, Trail Fit Club. Um, and we always, at the beginning of hiking days, inspired by one of the participants, we always check in and say what our happiness level is at the beginning of a hike. Oh. And we, on a scale of, <laughs> of one to 10. Um, it's kind of translated into other events that, that that we run. So we also did this every day on the Trans Alp hike that we did this summer. And it's really interesting because at the beginning of the day, it depends, you know, everyone's not moved yet. You've had breakfast, maybe you didn't sleep so well the night before or this and this and this. And as we move through the day, we check in again about the, the happiness level and it goes up through the movement normally by the end of the day I mean at some some days it went up to 14 out of 10 <laughs> that was generally me after I'd had a really nice portion of cake but um anyway otherwise so otherwise it, everyone else it also went up um to the to 10s out of 10s 11s out of 10s etc and above towards the end of the day then also, it would either be up at the 10, it was always a lot higher than it was at the beginning of the day, but it might have gone down a bit because people are feel, feeling tired at the end of the day, but also feeling accomplished. And what is consistent is that people always in the feedback, giving the feedback at the end that people having had that movement have had, a, have gone through a different headspace through doing the phys- that physical movement and also use the hikes also sometimes to process things that things come up things that have come up during the work week that they've not found a solution to or whatever, just through the movement and the process of moving, or maybe having a conversation with others about it, um, through the movement, have found a solution to something completely different and completely unexpected. So I think there's real power in movement. And they I think they always say if you get to a, if you get to a, a block with something, go out and go for a walk. And I think that just that shift can change your thinking and take your thinking in a completely different direction. And I often find I have really great ideas when I'm running, for example, and things that I've not thought about before and things that I've maybe you know sat, sat, at the, sat at my desk or sat somewhere and trying to work out how I'm going to solve this, but get out and move and do something where I'm not actually thinking about it. Sometimes the solutions just pop up out of nowhere. Yeah, there's so many aspects
0: again that you mentioned one thing is also physicality and what we put into us like food yeah and how that affects us on our well-being like Mm -hmm. you said you felt good after eating a piece of cake (laughs) probably because it was also a limited amount of piece of cake I don't
1: just (laughs) eat cake
0: (laughs) (laughs) and I'm sure that there's plenty of Health experts who will say that the sugar may not be the best thing for your physicality <laughs> or oh, your well being.
1: It's all I'm, about the balance, exactly. Sarah. <laughs> I was about to say the same. Exactly.
0: exactly. Yes. We seem to be in a constant dialogue with the internal and the external. Like our body processes that. So the thoughts or maybe internal writing is such an important process. Too, when you get feel stuck, sometimes I find that, and that, I mean, many people say that when you write the thoughts down, then you gain clarity too, and you externalize that. So the body is probably a vessel <laughs> between the
1: internal and the external, and it's a constant flow, yeah, like, like a figure of eight. Yeah. So Sarah, I'm going to go back to your point about the cake and the effect on your body and physicality, because I do think that is actually a, a really good point, joking aside about the cake. Having an increased awareness of our physical physical presence and how our body feels according to how we look after it is something that's really important. And I think that through movement and through doing activities where you use your body, you get a the aim is that you feel comfortable in your body and you know what does you good in terms of what you're consuming because that doesn't just have an effect on um, on, your, on your energy levels but it has an effect on also then your mental well-being as well because you might not have the energy for movement or you might not have the endurance to do um, exactly what you want to do. And noticing that and growing an awareness is a really important part of the physical of your physicality and that's where mental health and physical health go absolutely hand in hand so you need to work on both but it is important that you're um not just having cake for breakfast dinner and lunch every day so yeah, yeah. and that's a great
0: point also leading on to awareness in the Bigger sense, like me as the communications adventurer, yeah. <laughs> um, awareness is essential. And working with people in my workshops and trainings, um, awareness is often a huge thing because, first of all, you start off with self-awareness, and that is something like, how do you feel? What what state am I in? And then the awareness of others, and in theatre awareness is essential because you're on stage and you're communicating with each other. Often you don't see necessarily what the other person is doing. So you need to be listening. You need to be aware of what others are doing. In um, improv, I would say you need to be Heightened um, because you don't know what's going to happen next. So we're always reading what is around us. And I feel that the more I'm in the moment, the more senses are open, the more centered I am, and more, the more of my senses are open to receive. And so I can respond better. Mm-hmm. I assume that's a survival mode. And how can we use that in everyday life? Like in theater, it helps to create better theater in everyday life. I, Um, Being able to read a room, being aware of what's in a room, and if there's several people there, um, even without seeing everybody, feeling the atmosphere, what do people need, what is going on, that will help you majorly if you're able to respond appropriately to what's going on. And in order to be able to respond properly, you need to have awareness in the first place. So the more you can be aware, the more it will help you to be able to communicate more efficiently and effectively.
1: That's really interesting because I think that we're losing a bit as a skill, the sense of taking the time to feel what's going on. It's a skill that you can absolutely train to be able to use to improve communications. And like you say, I think that's really cool that that's so transferable from practising that in play to then taking that the next step to going into the next board meeting. And as you walk in, reading the atmosphere. Because it's so interesting that that is, that is absolutely possible, and so you know how to how to adapt and how to use that in different circumstances.
0: Yeah, yeah. and not not just the mm-hmm. atmosphere, also just taking the cues, the mm-hmm. physical. What is somebody communicating through their body posture, and it's opening your vision. So again, a physical thing, like using your peripheral vision too, and it, it's this whole openness that will let you see a lot more and you can practice that and you um, in nature like that mm-hmm. helps majorly too doesn't it yeah. do you want yeah. to talk about that rather than me <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah I mean that's a whole aspect that I mean we're used to that comes from our I mean our origins that we had to use our awareness in order to survive in order to protect ourselves but also to to hunt and to To also know socially how we were going to fit into a tribe and be a part of it. So we are built with those skills. So this reminds me of an example, actually, of one of the exercises that I did as part of my wilderness training, where one of us had to pretend to be the animal and the other person had to be the observer of the animal. And we had our eyes open and we could see from the distance that the person coming to watch us and we had to determine and say at what point we felt threatened and we had to tap. And it was really interesting watching everyone and the different dynamics in the different pairs in the groups mm. to see how close people could actually come. And everyone sensed there was a certain point and everyone sensed, nope, that's too close. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And that's instinct. Then. Yeah. And was it different for different people? Um do you know that would have been interesting to try out? We did we only tried it out with yeah, mm. with a pair. Yeah, yeah. But we switched roles and it was different between us.
0: Yeah. Ah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: So one thing is
0: being aware of what is something we observe that is there and then interpreting it. And it's amazing how many people don't differentiate. Mm-hmm. They see something. Like if you see a smiling face, like a smiley with a mm-hmm. like and the mouth turned upward, people will say, oh, they're happy, they're smiling, or they're, that's already an interpretation of mm-hmm. what is there. Mm-hmm. I've done quite a lot of exercise and activities uh, where you just sort of state, you look at somebody and say what you see
1: mm-hmm.
0: without interpreting.
1: Yeah.
0: And again, that's uh, how does that link with physicality? It's being aware of the difference maybe between what what is there and what our mind does. And that can help us to be aware again of ourselves and what is it that how do we add emotions to something or meaning to something where there may not be meaning in the first place? Or that's the a very human side, isn't it? Yeah. Add meaning yeah. to something that or make it something a bit more abstract.
1: Yeah. Isn't it interesting that certain emotions, when we see people with doing certain expressions, we feed off that and can take that on board ourselves, what other people are doing in a really positive way. For example, if we smile, you know, you smile, it's the, the, the quickest, I think, form to, check, to to make someone happy is to smile at someone. And they smile, you know, smile back and then smile at the next person and it's really an easy way. And even yourself, I think they say that if you hold your smile for maybe it's a minute, but anyway, however, however, lot it's about. Let's say it's a minute. Um, it actually will transform your mood, uh, whether you feel happy or not. So, I've heard yeah. smiling into the mirror at <laughs> yeah. yourself will yeah. it can also help. Yeah, absolutely. And it yeah.
0: also translates into your yeah. voice. Like right? when yeah. you do um, voice work recordings. Um, if you, and I did telemarketing yeah. as a student job, and they said, um, when you say hello, say it with a smile on your face. So, hello, I'm Sarah. And I just said that oh, yeah. with a smile on my face. <laughs> <laughs> and it's different than saying, I'll try and say it without a smile on my face. So, hello, I'm Sarah. Like, hello, yeah. hello, I'm Sarah. I can't even say yeah. it with that same yeah. emotion because yeah. my physical, appearance or my mouth the shape of my mouth has changed yeah and we hear that everything transfers mm-hmm. through that then the emotion follows
1: yeah that's one example another one I'm thinking about is like actually using your body physically I mean you do this through theater but I remember watching a TED talk all about it was like a power pose and I'm going to stand up and do the power pose so you can see and then you can tell everyone what I'm doing oh yeah Carrie's holding up her arms my hands open
0: as if she's won something, so I've interpreted it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you have, perfectly. I think it might have been a bit like Superman, Mm. you know, or Superwoman. They recommended doing that before you were giving a big talk or something that you you weren't scared about, and automatically that feeling of opening up fills you with energy and confidence to go out and do it. I haven't tried it yet, but I I will try it. The opposite is if you, for
0: example, are going for a job interview and you're on your phone beforehand, you're actually not doing yourself any favour because you're sort of taking a pose where you're looking down and often your shoulders are not out. If you are going for a job interview, (laughs) apparently it is better, and I have actually tried it several times, not to look at my phone when I'm going to see somebody and so that I can be open for them in my posture. I find that fascinating, those yeah. links and how how they're interlinked and how much we can influence what we think and what we do and feel just by merely changing our postures and changing environment too because it's also the other aspects so we're not just mere victims of our feelings we have a certain amount of control over that and in theatre obviously that is something that you practice and it's interesting depending on the characters you Mm -hmm. play you can experience the world in different ways
1: yeah okay so it's easy for us to sit here and say all this (laughs) (laughs) yes how do we do it how do we integrate it into our everyday lives regular walks (laughs) good food nice people
0: (laughs) making sure we move (laughs) yeah and for me it's creativity too Mm -hmm. i I like
1: being creative and Mm -hmm. it helps me doing a scene to take on different physical postures Mm -hmm. cool yeah, no, I think those are good points. And I know you have a really good stand-up desk so that you can also stand up and oh, True. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And can I yeah. add and seeing the world as a playground?
1: <laughs> that also. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. I think one thing I try and do is I make sure like I time with work so that I get up and I move and sometimes when you really Don't feel like moving and you don't feel like going out and doing it. That for me is the sign that I absolutely need to get out and move and do something. And I think you never regret going out for a walk or doing something movement-wise. It's always going to give you... A good feeling and give you a gift of something new. And I'm saying that as a reminder to myself always, too. Yeah. Um, I agree. I go for a walk almost every day. <laughs> another thing that I'm going to take away from this, which I think is really um, a good point, is that point about the phone and before the interview. It's something that I always find when I'm sat on my phone, I go into, like, I said, like, similar to work, into like the little world tunnel that, like, your whole attention is absorbed in this little screen in your hand. And when you come out of it, sometimes I find it really like communication directly after that is really difficult. So actually, whether it's an interview or communicating with other people, actually, it's good to have a break and do something else movement wise in between that Mm. and my phone. So that's something I will try.
0: Yeah. And I think it's especially important right now because many people spend more time on the screen due to home office Mm -hmm. and then there's more online conferences to be aware that we have bodies and when I do my trainings online, and I generally try to have lots of movement in there because you can see how people's spirits lift with just moving mm-hmm. and um, it's so freeing. It's as if energy that we've sort of clogged up inside is released. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I think I'm ready to eat some good food to move towards the kitchen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like an excellent idea of movement.
0: (laughs) What do you do, dear listeners, for movement? How do you feel about any of these aspects we spoke about? You probably have some interesting thoughts. And if you would like to share them with us, do get in touch either on Kerry Temple's website, the four elements Mm -hmm. or mine de,
1: embrace trainings you will find all of our contact details in the show notes goodbye i'm saying it with a giant smile on my face
0: and you can guess my emotion how i'm saying it bye thank you for listening to the grow zone real-time adventures for more adventures and information, check out www.sarahhoopner.de/thegrowzone or fourelements.eu.